Good morning, Friendship Church. It is good to see you this morning. We have had our summer reading, the book of Acts. Some of you are able to read a little bit in Acts this summer. Uh, If you read even just one, that's good, even just one chapter um, a day, you'll be able to read it three times through this summer. So it's August 14th, summer's almost over, but it's okay. You can read two chapters a day for the rest of the month, and you read it through once, okay? So join us, join us as we read through Acts together. Uh, this summer, and so for the next four weeks, um, we're going to be talking about what, what, what jumped out to me, I guess, a little bit. The point of reading through Acts, I believe that the Lord wants to do something in our church, amen? amen? I mean, who's with me? Who wants to see the Lord move in our church? And so I thought, looking back, looking back at Acts, uh, and when, when the first church started, and how it started so healthily, it's such a healthy church, and many times churches, you know, throughout the years, hundreds and thousands of years, uh, you know, if the church has drifted away a little bit, they go, okay, let's get back to what we did in Acts chapter 2. And that's a little bit of what's going on now. We want to see a, a healthy church, and we look at Acts, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 in the book of Acts to see what they did um, to, and, and to see the move of God that happened in the early church. I want to see a move of God happen in our church as well. And so we look at these things. There's four things that jumped out to me. So, so for the next four weeks, that's what we're going to be talking about. Now, something may have jumped out to you a little bit different, and that's fine. And there may be more things that jumped out to you. Uh, if you look in your bulletin, we've got our, our midweek service, our Wednesday night services are, are coming back on August the 31st. In the first couple of weeks, we have an adult Bible study that, that happens on those Wednesday nights at 7. We're going to talk the first couple of weeks about jumped out to you in the book of Acts. So you will get to have your say, okay? So Acts spoke to you in a certain way. Uh, come on, if you're not coming on Wednesday nights, when we start back up, what is wrong with you people? Anyway, um, great stuff going on. And so, uh, so you'll be able to have your say in that. There's four things that jumped out to me, and that's going to be the next four weeks that we're talking about. So we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the healing of the supernatural. Talking about the generosity of the church and the evangelism of the world. That's the next four weeks right there. So just lay that out there for you. Those are the four things. Today uh, is one of those things that separates us from other denominations, I guess, or fellowships. We're a fellowship. Uh, separates us a little bit, and that is that, that baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are Pentecostal. All right, that's good. That's good. Assemblies of God, that is what we are called, okay? We are Pentecostal, and what that, the oversimplification of what that means is that we believe that what happened on the day of Pentecost, which is what we're going to talk about here today, what happened on the day of Pentecost is for us here today. And so we are Pentecostal. So we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's what we believe. Uh, and so that's what we are going to be looking at. Now, now you have to understand that in, in a room this size, we've got some people here who um, you've lived this. You've grown up with this. And so you've been speaking in tongues for 50 years of your life, Okay. And, and, and that's great. And so there's some of us, it's entrenched in us. It's a part of us. This is who we are, okay? Uh, I'm, I'm with that. I'm with you in that. I've lived all my life in Pentecostal church. I'm Pentecostal. That's what I believe. Uh, there have been more than a few times that I have walked through a Holy Ghost car wash, okay? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. Goodness gracious, okay? Holy Ghost car wash. That's when people line up, okay? So you got two sides, and then people walk through, and people pray for you. And a little Holy Ghost car wash. They pray for you until you get the Holy Spirit. And then you walk through and you walk out. And, and, and that's what, am I the only one? Anybody else ever done that before? Raise your hand. And a Holy Ghost car wash. Come on. 
All right. People, line up. Here we go. No, no, no. Hold on. <clears throat> Listen, I went to an Arkansas youth camp. Cation Jonathan can attest to this, okay? We had Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost at church camp, okay? And so that's what we did. I, I've, been the, I've been the guy walking through the car wash, and I've been the guy praying for people in the car wash, okay? So I, listen, this is, what I've, I, this is what I've grown up with. This is who I am. This is who we are. We are Pentecostal. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. So some of us are entrenched in this. Some of us, possibly in this room or watching online, you don't know very much of what I'm talking about. Like you've heard the phrase, speak in tongues, but you're not exactly sure what that is, and you certainly haven't done it, okay? So understand... I understand, and do you understand, that we kind of have both of those in the room or watching online and all the spectrum in the middle, okay? So I'm, I'm going to help us out. So I am looking at this through the eyes of the book of Acts, especially Acts chapter 2, but the book of Acts um, through the context of what the healthy church, how they looked at this. Listen, I could, I could preach five sermons, ten sermons on the Holy Spirit, and it probably wouldn't be enough, okay? So I, I'm not going to cover everything today. Okay, we can talk about tongues and interpretation. That's for another sermon or another sermon series, which would be great. Maybe we'll do that. Um, but that's for another time. I'm talking about what happened in the book of Acts in the context of a, what a healthy church looks like. Everybody good with the setup there? Okay, so let's jump in. Believe it or not, we're in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, turn your Bibles. Starting with Acts chapter number 1, uh, verse 4 and 5, Jesus uh, is going to be speaking to them just before the ascension. Acts chapter 1, verse 4 says, On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then verse 8, this is, this is Pentecostals, one of our favorite verses, top 10, top 5, top 2, okay, I don't know. Verse 8, but you will receive power. See, some of y'all know that. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth or the uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. A few days later. Acts chapter 2. There's 120 up in the upper room. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, so they were praying for days. Okay, praying for days. And then suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Can you imagine this sight? What was it like to be one of the 120? Praying, not exactly, not exactly sure what, what the gift that Jesus just told them about, not exactly sure what it was going to look like, but here comes this mighty wind. It's coming through what looks to be tongues of fire. And then verse 4, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and how did we know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? Because they began to speak in other tongues, okay? As the Spirit enabled them, okay? So this is, they were speaking 
but the Spirit enabled him. This was not some sort of you know, incantation or something where the person doesn't know what's going on and he's saying, no, no, no. They were speaking it. The Holy Spirit enabled them to speak it. Okay? So they were saying it, but the Holy Spirit was telling them what to say. All right? So then there's a big commotion, and everybody's like, what in the world is going on? So there's people from all over the place, uh, different countries and everything, and they come, they want to know what's going on, and they're hearing their, their native tongue and, 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 what they're, and, and what these 120 were saying. They're speaking in tongues, and they're understanding what they're saying. I, I know what they're saying. What is going on here? This is, this is crazy. They shouldn't be able to speak the language that, that I speak. And so Peter gets up, and he preaches this great, great sermon. I'm not going to read the whole sermon, the whole chapter, but I want to point out just a couple of things here. Verse 16 says, No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Everybody say all people. All All means all in the Greek and the Hebrew and everything. All means all, okay? Everybody. Everybody, okay? I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. So there's something different that's happening. Different than what happened in the Old Testament. There is a new, it is a new day, okay? It is a new day that has happened, and here we are in the last days. Young men are going to see visions. Old men dream dreams because the Spirit of the Lord is poured out. Skipping a few verses to verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Okay? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So when you ask Jesus into your heart, that's what we like to say, when you accept Jesus, there's the Spirit of the Lord enters, enters inside of you, but then there's an, a filling of the Holy Spirit that also happens, Okay? That also happens. And that is the gift that is given uh, to all of us, to all people, poured out on all flesh. So there's a couple of questions that people have, maybe even some in this room have, but certainly those who have have not spoken tongues before, they ask questions, and that what I just read in Acts chapter 1 and 2 should be helpful enough, but we are going to read more, okay? Some of the questions that people say is, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Like, is that something that I actually have to have? Uh, Is it different from salvation? How do you know that you are filled with the Spirit? Wasn't it just during Bible times? Isn't that that something that just happened back then that doesn't happen anymore? And then, is that all you do? Is you just speak in tongues? When you've been filled with the Spirit, then you just speak in tongues and that's it? So there are other questions, but those are some questions that are asked. That what I just read actually answers all of those, but we're going to read even further And we're going to walk through Acts because this was a commonplace occurrence in the early church. Like, it was just common. Like, we're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're going to speak in tongues. It was a very common thing that was happening at at that time. It was was beginning to be common. Once that happened, and they began to preach and, and go out and evangelize the world, it started to happen, okay? So let's read Continue to read some of, these, some of these passages of scriptures that all of us have read this summer. And maybe we can answer and help some of these, some of these questions uh, that are here. In Acts chapter 8, they're having a, uh, a revival. 
It says in verse 15 and 16, when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers. They prayed for new believers. So they were already believers. Okay? They're already believers. There that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there's two baptisms. Two baptisms, okay? There is the baptism uh, that you can do in a baptismal tank right here. It is a baptism of repentance. But then there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they were saying that these were new believers. They had already been baptized this way, but there's also another baptism over here. Do you see that? There's a distinction there, okay? If you don't see it, let's go further. Acts chapter 10. Remember when I said all people? See, they were talking about maybe the Jews were just getting this. Well, here's Cornelius, who was is, who is not a Jew. He's a Gentile. Verse 10, while Peter was speaking these words, he goes to Cornelius' house, and he's there talking with his family. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the, that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. Well, how did they know that the Holy Spirit was poured out on Gentiles? How, how did they know? Is there some sort of evidence that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? Verse 46, for they had heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So how did they know that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They were speaking in other tongues. So this wasn't just for Jewish people, but this is for Gentiles as well. We're Gentiles, so that's good. Okay? That's good stuff. We continue. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So we ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they asked Peter to stay for a few days. So there's a distinction. Okay, so the baptism of the Holy Spirit just happened to them. So what's stopping from being baptized in water? There's two baptisms. You seeing that? There's two different ones. There's baptism in water. There's baptism in the Holy Spirit. Then in Acts chapter 11, Peter is talking uh, in front of, of the important people. Okay? Have you ever been called in the principal's office? Okay. They want to know what's going on. What in the world is going on, Peter? I heard that, that you went into a Gentile's house and ate with them? That's disgusting. Okay, that's, the, that's just what it was back then. Okay? Verse 15, he's, so he's explaining why he did this, that the Lord led him to do this. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. So the beginning was Acts chapter 2. This was a time later. Then I remember what the Lord had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Once again, two different baptisms. Okay? Baptism in water, that is for repentance. That is what you need to go to heaven. You do not have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. You need to have this baptism in Jesus Christ for repentance to go to heaven. Okay? We good on that? All right. <clears throat> but it's two different baptisms. And he said that, he, that they had come on them the same way that it came on us at the beginning. Now, if you remember, at the beginning there was tongues of fire that was over their heads. So you're thinking, well, you know, maybe they're filled with the Spirit if you see fire above their heads. No, that was the one-time thing. That was the welcoming of the Holy Spirit, okay? So when, he, when they say, when Peter says it, 
they, the Holy Spirit came on them like at the beginning. It wasn't about the tongues of fire. It was about the speaking in tongues. That's how they knew that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Continuing, Acts chapter 19. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through... Sorry, I'm kind of moving through fast, but we got it up here on the screen as well. Acts chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, again, some disciples of Christ, already repented, and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They asked him, did you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. So again, that's several examples there for you. There's two different baptisms, okay? What's interesting about this is that these disciples, the Bible calls them disciples, Christ followers, okay? They knew enough about Jesus to know that they needed to repent, but it says we've not even heard of a Holy Spirit. So they didn't even know about the Holy Spirit. Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit, by the way. If you read back through in the Gospels, especially in Luke, he talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. So there are disciples who have never even heard of the Holy Spirit, but they've heard enough about Jesus to go, yeah, I'm following that guy. Okay? So you don't have to know everything about Jesus or the disciples or the Gospels or Acts or whatever to know I want Jesus. Okay? So you don't have to be a biblical scholar to give your heart to Jesus Christ. Okay? So get that out of your mind that, well, you know, once I learn everything about it, you're not going to learn everything about it. Okay? <laughs> give your heart to the Lord. That's repentance. Okay? So then he says, so we've not even heard the Holy Spirit. Verse 4. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus, which they did. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on him, on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. Well, how did they know that the Holy Spirit came on them? Anybody? And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 of them at all. So, Peter is tasked with evangelizing the world, but he stops for these 12 people. Okay? He stops for these 12 people. And he says, you have experienced repentance. You've experienced the baptism of John, but there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let me lay hands on you. And they knew that they were filled with the Spirit because they began to speak in other tongues. That is what we say in the Assemblies of God, the initial physical evidence, okay? That's the first thing that's going to happen. When you take a piece of bacon and you throw it on, the, on a hot skillet, what's the first thing that happens? You hear that, right? Now, it's a glorious sound, isn't it? <laughs> okay? Now, there is other, there's other evidence that it's cooking, right? Like the ends are going to fold up a little bit. It's going to get a little darker, okay? But the first sign that it's cooking is you hear, right? And if you don't hear that, you're like, what, what's going on? There, like, there's something wrong. The heater's not on. Some, some, like, something's not right. So that's the first thing that happens. See, when you think of bacon, I want you to think of the Holy Ghost, okay? That's really what this is about. 
<laughs> That's what I'm talking about, okay? When you think of bacon, think of the Holy Ghost, okay? The first thing that happens. So, there are other things that happen, which I'm going to get to in just a second. But the first thing that happens when you are filled with the Holy Spirit is that you begin to speak in other tongues. That's what it is. It's different from salvation. How do you know you're filled? That you begin to speak in other tongues. Okay? There's other questions that we have to ask. Is it for today? Is it something that continues to happen today? Back in chapter 2, it says, This promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Okay? Well, it's going to take a while to get to everybody far off. Okay? The book of Acts is only about 35 years. Okay? From 1 to 28, it's only about 35 years. Okay? So it's going to take more than 35 years to get to the far offs. It's also, anytime in the Bible where it says that you get this and your children, the implication is that this is a generation thing. Teach your children and your children's children and your children's children and your children's children. So it's not just something that stops at the end of Acts or stops at the end of the New Testament, which, by the way, Revelation goes to the very end of time. So we're all here in the New Testament, okay? Um, So it is for today. It is for today. There's some that that point to 1 Corinthians 13 when it says, when tongues will cease, okay? Some will point to that, and they'll go, well, see, tongues, they got to cease when the perfection comes, when when, when it says that. And some say that when the Bible is finished, then, okay, then we stop. Well, in the same sentence where it says that tongues will cease, it says that knowledge will also cease and that prophecy will also cease. So has knowledge stopped? Well, in some parts of the country, maybe. But (laughs) knowledge hadn't stopped. Prophecy hasn't stopped. Tongues have not stopped. It's weird to pick one thing out and go, nope, that's, you know, that stopped. Okay? It's weird to pick one thing out. Tongues is for today. It wasn't just back in Acts chapter 2. But it is absolutely for today. So then, you say, okay, I'm hearing you, okay? You're making the case. It's pretty decent. That's fine. But is this something that I actually need to have? I mean, you said earlier that you don't have to have it to get into heaven. So then, what's the point then? Like, is that all that happens, is that you speak in tongues? Well, then, okay, what is that about? No. The tongues are the initial physical evidence. There is other evidence that comes after that. There are other things that happen when we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, it was important to Peter and to Paul and the other disciples and apostles to make sure that this was preached everywhere. That repentance was preached, but that also the baptism of the Holy Spirit was preached. If it was important to them, it's important to us. So why is that? So what, what else happens then, okay? Acts chapter 4. In Acts chapter 3, Peter heals a blind man, or the Holy Spirit heals a blind man through Peter, right? So again, he gets called into the principal's office, and they want to know what's going on. Why did you do that? How did he get healed? Under whose name are you doing all this kind of stuff, Okay. So Acts chapter 4, verse 8, he's in front of these, the, the, the high, per, the, well, the, the, the important people, okay? Then Peter, verse 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. Now, if 
if the baptism of the Holy Spirit is only speaking in tongues, then you would think that he would start speaking in tongues to them. Okay? But he does not. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't speak in tongues to them, says, rulers and elders of the people, and he makes his case. And he tells them what happened. Boldly and with courage. Because verse 13 says, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. All the way back in Acts chapter 1, you will receive power. So when the Holy Ghost comes on you, yes, you speak in tongues, but after that, you have the power of the Holy Ghost to speak boldly the Word of God. I would think that that's pretty good in this day and age, to be able to speak with power the whole Bible, the Word of God. And he's able to get up and he speaks boldly, so much so that these scholars, these people that have the PhD in practical ministry and the theological la 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 and all these things, okay, they were unschooled, ordinary men. So to be able to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues and to be bold and have courage to preach the gospel, you do not have to go to Bible college and do the whole thing. These are unschooled, ordinary people. You can have the boldness of the Holy Spirit speaking through you. Ordinary people. It's that meme of that guy going, right? Where It's right here. This is the power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive power to be my witnesses, to tell people about Jesus. What else do you get? Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, they're talking to Stephen. Stephen is one of these that um, begin to preach, and he's, he's standing in front of the principal's office again, and he's telling all these people what's going on, and he, he calls them some names and things. It's It's great. When the members of the Sanhedrin heard this, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, you would think that he would start speaking in tongues, right? If that's all it was, it was just tongues. Stephen, full of the Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, God shows you things that other people are not going to be able to see. He shows you things. And you say, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how I saw that or why I think we need to do that. I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit showed me this. And we've got to walk in this direction. Or we've got to say this. Or we've got to do this. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. He shows us things. In Acts chapter 13, Paul is talking with a false prophet. And this false prophet is coming and and, and trying to act like them and trying to do some miracles and trying to do some things. And there's something that's quite not right. There's some things that's good, but it's, but it's not what's supposed to be happening. And so verse, or chapter 13, verse 9 says, Then Saul, who was also called Paul, changed his name from Saul to Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, you would think he would start speaking in tongues. No. Filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elymas and said, You are a child of the devil. <laughs> and basically points him out in front of everybody. See, when the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we are given an amount of discernment to be able to go, that's of God, that's not of God. 
And that comes with the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, that is a specific gift that some people really have, which we're not walking down that trail in this sermon, but, but the gift of discernment. But all of us that are filled with the Spirit have some kind of, okay, that's of God, that's not of God. It has some elements of God, but that's not of God. And we're able to discern that and see that. And Saul, or Paul, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was able to see that and know that's not right. Then Acts chapter 20, last verse. Acts chapter 20, verse 22. Uh, Paul is talking with some people, and he's talking about uh, where he's going to go next, that he can't stay with them any longer. He says, and now, compelled by the Spirit, the NIV says. There's another translation that says, bound by the Spirit. So compelled or bound by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem not knowing what will happen to me there. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit leads us and guides us in exactly what He wants us to do. And there is a leading and a guiding, and so much so that we feel compelled, whether that's to be a missionary and go off somewhere, whether that's to tell somebody about Jesus, whether that's to whatever it may be, God is going to lead you, the Holy Spirit leads you and guides you, and you feel compelled or bound to listen to that Holy Spirit. And you're able to say yes, and you're able to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Of course, Paul talks in his later letters that the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to basically act right. Okay? So there's so many things that happen. The initial physical evidence is that we speak in tongues. After that, the Holy Spirit begins to work on us. We have power. We're able to speak And preach the word of God. God shows us things. He leads us and guides us. We're able to to distinguish between what's going on. Even spirits. The Holy Spirit is for us here today. And I'm so thankful for it. I remember when I was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. With the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I was at Arkansas Youth Camp. July 5th, 1995. I remember... Um, that the sermon was not even on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and, the, and the preacher said something so simple, so simple. He said, just because your parents are Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian. And it, it just hit me just right. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm living a life. My parents are Christian, so I just think I'm a Christian. It just hit me. That's why we say simple truths over and over again, because sometimes it doesn't hit the first time or the second time. Sometimes you got to get it the 10th time, okay? So keep speaking simple truths over your children, okay? They'll get it. That's 15 years old, and I come down and I ask Jesus into my heart for the last time. When you're a preacher's son, you ask God in your heart a lot of times, okay? That was the last time. So the last time, July 5th, 1995, I'm 15 years old. I began to pray, and I'm not seeking the Holy Spirit. But I began to pray really just a thank you to God. And I've got one of my friends praying on this side, one another friend praying on this side. And at that time, the assistant DYD, Dane Hall, who became the DYD for many, many years, wonderful friend, he begins to pray for me, and I begin to speak in other tongues. It's filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, really not even seeking it necessarily, other just saying, thank you, God, and I want all that you have for me. And it happened instantaneous. 
that story is sometimes different than other people's story. My wife, I don't like to tell my wife's stories because I think they're her stories, but just as a contrast to mine, she was seeking the Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit for a number of years as a teenager and actually was not filled until she was at Southwestern already as a 19-year-old. She was filled, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oddly enough, her youth pastor was speaking that day in chapel. So she, she had heard him speak many times on baptism of the Holy Spirit, was not filled while she was a teenager in his youth group, but was when he spoke at Southwestern that day. Marty Burroughs. So she had sought for a couple of years, not knowing you know, why, but then was filled at Southwestern. I'm not sure the ins and outs of the why. Some people wait, some, and some people don't. It happens instantaneous. I'm not sure why all that. But I do know that it is a gift from God, and it is for you. All right? So we're going to go, and we're going we're gonna to pray here today. So if you would stand with me here this morning. We're going to pray. That's, this is exactly what we have come to do here today. For those of you, very simply, for those of you who want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and again, we're not seeking tongues, that's just the first thing that happens. But there's a power that comes, and there's discernment that comes, and there's leading, and there's guiding, and there's all these things that come. Simply put, I want everything that God has for me. Just simply put, I want everything that God has for me. So I want those of you who have been filled with the Holy Spirit, especially for a long time, go ahead and prepare yourself because I need your help. I want you to come up and pray with us, okay? There's not like a specific prayer team that I'm looking for. I'm talking about people who have done, who, and go ahead and begin praying right now even, okay? Because I do want your help. But I want to give this opportunity, I want to give this opportunity to those who are here in the room this morning. If you're watching online, make an appointment with me today that you can come up to the church and I can pray with you this week. But for those of us who are here in the room today, maybe this is something that you have been seeking. We want to give that opportunity to you here this morning. Maybe you've not been seeking it, but you hear this morning and you say, yep, this is right. This is right. Those of you who have been speaking in tongues before, prepare your hearts. Get ready to come down and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we want all that you have to offer, Lord. We thank you for this gift, Lord. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for this gift, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're here today and you would like to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, I just simply want you to walk forward and stand down here and we want to begin to pray with you. You can begin to come now. We want to pray with you. You say, this is what I want. I want to give God the opportunity to give me all that He wants to give me. So you can begin to come even right now. Come forward and let us pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you, God. Praise your name, Jesus. Praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Is there anyone? Please, come forward. We want to pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Keep praying, church. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we want to provide the opportunity, God. Begin to speak to those. Speak to those, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. They're going to begin to sing. And as they sing, if you want to be prayed for, we are down here ready, ready to pray with you. But church, keep praying and sing this together. Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is here, amen. those hesitant or, or still seeking, listen, I can tell you, it, it's, it's not something that happens just at a church service. In Acts 19, they were walking down the street, and there were 12 that were filled with the Spirit. So continue to pray when you leave this place. Pray on Monday, and on Tuesday, and on Wednesday. <clears throat> that's, that, that's what's wonderful about the Holy Spirit is it's not just in these four walls, is it? He goes with us. He goes with us. I know several of my friends filled with the Holy Spirit kneeling at their couch with their grandfather. Keep praying. Lord, we are thankful today. We are thankful for your Holy Spirit. would not have been an early church without your Holy Spirit. Your Holy Spirit gave power and led. The supernatural happened. People came together in community. Preached the word to the nations. Thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Now, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be with us. That you would lead, that you would guide. Fill us with your Spirit, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this time of being in your presence. Pray that it would go with us as we leave here to our homes, to our place of work.
pray that we would walk in your spirit. Not just something that we, that we give attention to on Sundays, but that we walk in your spirit. And we thank you for that opportunity, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. Everybody says amen. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Thank you, Lord.